Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Well, guys, you asked and we have answered. Exciting news here from Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. We are going to be doing some more live shows here in 2023, and we're so excited to get to share some of these fun, interactive live events with you throughout the course of the IndyCar season. We have several dates and venues picked out over the year, but we're going to kick it off right here in Indianapolis. On Friday, the 21st of April is when the first live show is going to be. It's actually going to be at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, catching the tail end of the open test that everyone's going to be attending, prefacing the Indy 500. All the information on ticket sales, where you can buy them, how much they are, all that stuff is coming very soon. But please check back often, check on our socials, because we're going to be releasing that information in the near future. And we hope to see you guys at a show this year. Off track with Hinch and Rossi. Oh, dude, I didn't even have this tab open on my browser. I'm looking at flights right now. Like I, <laughs> I am. Uh, this is a super secondary yeah, thing not. for me at the moment. You need to. Dude, I am so jealous. Have a diet coke I'm right so now. jealous. You have some black gold right now. <laughs> oh, liquid gold, baby. Oh, Tim and I both. You're all on the outs here, bud. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's 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 nice because like I, I tiny cans or did you grow a foot? No, see, I like these little, these little, what are they? They're the 222 mil cans. I love them. They're the perfect amount of Diet Coke for when you're not like sitting at a meal. If you're sitting at a meal, you want a full 355, I feel. <laughs> but when it's just like a casual, you know, recording your podcast with some buddies kind of time, and you know, you got a nice bag of chips to go along with it, you just want a, a little 355 is too much. There's already a podcast where people eat and talk about racing, and they've been doing it for longer than us. So. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually, and it's a full meal, not just snacks. <laughs> yeah, so you can put the <laughs> chips down. <laughs> but I can't. So, Alex, maybe, I don't know if we've had this conversation. We were just both up in Canada for a little bit. And there are two things I always try to bring back home. Well, three, th well, basically, I bring home a lot of different chips, right? Because... Canada's got a couple banging chip flavors that the U.S. doesn't have. Now, I know what I'm holding up is a seemingly normal bag of Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips, right? Wrong. This is the Canadian sea salt and malt vinegar chips. And these things kick so much harder than a normal Miss Vicky's bag in the U.S. And they are absolutely fire. And they always have to bring some home. All dressed chips. And ketchup chips and now I've, spicy. I've ketchup never chips. had a ketchup chip. 
You know what? We're going to skip ketchup chips for you, and I'm going to take you straight to spicy ketchup chips, which are a relatively new invention and certainly a new um, discovery for me, but they're incredible. And I'm interested. I like spicy. Yeah, I just I just have to load the car up with junk food on the way home because... <laughs> I, just, I want somebody to stop you at the border to like ask what you're bringing back. Well, so <laughs> so that I actually am curious what they would let me get away with because so my brother one time when we when we still made the Hinchtown Hammerdown beer um wanted to bring a bunch up to Toronto for the Toronto race, right? Cuz we were doing a little hospitality area and we wanted to have some of the beer there. And we know you you can only bring in like your set amount or whatever. It's like a case of beer per person or whatever. And so like, look, we're going to cross the border. We're going to openly like say, claim that we're bringing it. Happy to go into the penalty box, pay whatever duties are on it. We just want to get it up there, right? Yeah. So we found out that over like six cases, I think it was, you're considered like a distributor and you, you're not allowed to do it without like a permanent license or whatever. So even as a person just declaring that you're bringing it over you can still only bring over a certain amount and it's not that much and so i was wondering like how full of chips does my car have to be before they're like <laughs> before no no now you're just <laughs> illegally importing food products across the board <laughs> i could see you starting like a network of contraband chips Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the most boring Leonardo DiCaprio movie ever. <laughs> Wickens and I have this system where, like, every time we've got family going back or we're going back, we're like, all right, but what do you need to fill up the stash from back home? I love how I'm included on that. Well, it's you're not Canadian. Like, you don't crave some of these things the same way we do. That's true. That That's a good point. So, guys, I, I want to pivot here because I just discovered something that I find fascinating. There's a great discount on flights to wherever it was you were looking at flights when you first no. started recording. So I, I've still been looking. Um, United has come up with this new feature where I guess they publish how much carbon emissions that your flight that you're choosing produces. Yeah. And they do it per seat, which yeah. fine, whatever. I don't know how what you're going to do with that information. But I was scrolling along and I'm looking at flights from Indianapolis to Dallas. That's it's a long story. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, can I just jump in real quick? Mm. Does it change if you move your seat? Because <laughs> it's like you're, you're doing it by seat, but like it should be the same for everybody on the plane. Well, I guess right? Sorry, they're doing it. They're doing it. No, they're saying it's 212 kilograms of CO2 per seat, so like per person. Okay, all right. Not right. or like 14E doesn't get no. less carbon than. And what I've just realized is that so there's a flight that is the exact same flight. It's Indianapolis to O'Hare to Fort Worth. And it produces 212 kilograms, sorry, 245 kilograms of CO2, whatever. That number's irrelevant. But that same exact flight route produces 209 kilograms. So I was like, well, wait a second. Where's the difference? Different aircraft. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to cool. say. Well, would you believe me if I told you that a Boeing 737 produces less CO2 than an Embraer E170. Never mind. It's per seat. It's I got per it. seat. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a fun topic of Alex yeah. learning how yeah. math works. <laughs> and this good, is what we good. call a segment I will cut. Good thing. Good thing, Alex, is it like into planes yeah, or, yeah. you know, no, it's, yeah, pilot it's like or anything. Double, it's like double the amount of people. So that's why. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, anyways, back to chips, James. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, funny that, to think, riveting. it's funny to think that the chips conversation is so far the most useful conversation <laughs> we've had on the show today. Wow. What a um, quiet week. All right. No, but so, okay. So I did, I did fly into Canada. Um, and it is, it is pretty interesting how I want to know how customs works. You know, you know, I've talked about in the past how, you know, over Christmas, I flew into Canada, you kind of fill out the paperwork in advance, you give them a call and you get there and you get a, a record number and, and you're kind of clear to go about your business. And then you kind of call another number when you leave and, and that's it. At what point do you not get a number? Like, I, I just, is it, is this a human being that's making these decisions or is there some sort of computer software that is spitting out a, a green or a red? And, and I guess, a, I guess the same, I guess the same applies to like when you just land at a normal airport and you're going through customs and you give them your passport and you have your declaration card or whatever, like what makes them actually pull somebody? It's gotta be a, like a, a combination of factors, right? Like they're not, I don't think they pull people at random at customs. It's not like security when you go through right. the, the metal detector and every 14th person, it just mm. does random, random secondary. Um, there's got to be something on your thing that looks sketchy. Either you're gone for too long or not long enough for how much luggage you have or like, you know, they, they yeah. look at all those sorts of things. You have do way you too many ever, chips. Do you guys yeah. ever get it with your check bag where you get the like, your bag has been searched by TSA? Almost always. I Almost get that every, every, every single time I fly. With yeah, I've got, I don't think I've gotten that in the past like five years. I get it so often. That's just what I use for bookmarks now. <laughs> I, I have that in everything now. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Right, um, well, so Alex, you got stuck in Toronto a little bit. Um, and then any, any good flying stories or should we actually talk about racing on this podcast? No, no good stories, pal. All right. No good stories. So I've got a travel story. Not from this trip, but and we I think we've talked about like people FaceTiming in public before. Mm. But I had another one recently of like just talking on the phone on an airplane, like when you sat down and everyone else is still boarding, and you're on a completely unnecessary call, right? If you're like on a super important business call, okay. If you're coordinating with who's supposed to be picking you up at the other side, I get it. But like I learned very intimate details about this woman's life and other people in it over the, you know, half hour boarding process that was just completely unnecessary. That conversation. Well, is, this why, is this why while you were looking at the ocean in the Bahamas coming back to Indy? Is that, <laughs> is that was that that flight? You're staring out into the, the turquoise think, abyss. I think it was actually on the connection from Miami oh, back to Indianapolis right. or Charlotte, right. Charlotte to right. Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we were well out of paradise at that point. I was very <laughs> upset. And, and I'm just like, what is motive? And like, it, and, and talking so loud, like I get that sometimes you, you're just can kind of, you know, you, you can talk, phones are good these days. You can talk at a, this woman was talking as if the person in like Washington had to hear her voice from Washington. She didn't understand that the phone did the work for her. And it, it was, was like, like it was like an IndyCar media advance where they fly you to a city and state to call the local 
media. Correct. Yes. Right. Very right. not very not like that in any way, but I see yeah, your I don't frustration. See the there. It just you're, feels like that was something that's been bothering you for a while. <laughs> that was just <laughs> like this is tangentially related to phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not, Tim. It's the fact that you don't have to be in the location that you're calling in order to call someone. It's I kind mean, of the same. Okay, yeah. that's grasping at straws a little to make that connection. Let them vent. It is frustrating okay. when that happens. All right, <laughs> All right but yes. Uh, there was some racing this weekend, so should probably be discussed. Or was I mean, there racing? Was there racing or was there like a destruction derby at a closed circuit facility? I mean, I'm going to be fun, honest. I didn't it was watch fun to watch. Was it? So I, I didn't catch all of it, but like I, I read a lot of the comments, a lot of the articles afterwards. Well, there was a lot of people that thought it just was like pretty kind of stupid how so, much they were running into each other. So here's here's where... I enjoyed it. I didn't watch the majority of the race. Like you, James, we were at a family event in Toronto. I was very pleasantly surprised that once the family event had finished, I had helped pack up the venue, dropped people off at their various homes, and gotten back to my own home that I was staying in. There was still like 11 laps to go in the race, so that was exciting <laughs> for me. Um, and, and here's what was annoying. It was nothing... To be clear, we're talking about the NASCAR race. We're talking about the NASCAR race. Yes, yeah, yeah. There, there was nothing unexpected. What right. was frustrating was the fact that the last three overtime yellows, there was an incident that happened in, and, and we've talked about this before, overtime yellow, NASCAR rules. Once you get the white flag, the next flag ends the race. Great. Fine. So they kept having these green-white checkers. There kept being a crash or an incident in turn one or like turn seven, but they would keep it green all the way into the last corner where they would then throw a yellow, preventing the leader from getting the white flag. And it was like they could have very easily let him get the white flag and then thrown a yellow into turn one for debris because there was, there was never once was there a car that was in a perilous position. Actually, I think. 100% of the time for these last three yellows, there wasn't even a car that was stuck. It was just debris. On the it was street. always debris. Yes. And so it was like, come on, guys. And, and where I was frustrated was Tyler Reddick had done such a good job and overcome so much kind of crap. And it was like one more restart. And, and guys were driving like such, you know, cup drivers, honestly, um, that the last thing you wanted to see was the win taken away from him. So that was that was kind of the frustrating part. It was like, man, just end it. This guy deserves the win. Everyone kind of deserves what they've gotten at this point. Like, why are we continuing to allow this accordion effect into turn one that's just dumping cars? Like, that was just kind of the annoying part. But again, what do you expect? Well, I mean, that's a tough one, right? Like, letting them race all the way back to the last corner and then throwing a yellow if there was a car stopped. Yeah, you get that. But if it's literally just for debris every time, Maybe after the first one, you're like, okay, we we kind of kind of push the boundaries of that, you know, a little bit. But to do it two more times, I saw something on Twitter. I want to say it was Tony DeZino or something, and he said that the last 15 laps took 90 minutes mm. to finish. Wow. That's almost an entire IndyCar race. The average IndyCar race is like an hour and 45 to two hours, right? So it's almost an entire IndyCar race through the last 15 laps because they kept running into each other. And it was a four, it was an, over four hours to do the whole race. Mm -hmm. it, you know, like NASCAR fans complain a lot about how long the races are. 
And that was without stage yellow. And that was without stage yellow. So there was two other caution periods that just did not happen. And it still took them four hours to do it. And it's funny, man. So like, it's so easy. Like it's so easy for like you and I have never driven a cup car. We've never done a road course race on one of those things. Like we don't know, but it was very interesting having four non stock car trained professional drivers in the race. Connor Daly, Jordan Taylor, Kimi Raikkonen, Jensen Button, right? Sports cars, Indy cars, Formula One, all covered. And it was really interesting hearing their take as also people that don't come from stock car backgrounds on how that race was to compete in. And I think I think Jensen kind of summed it up pretty well in his post-race. I mean, Kimi doesn't give quotes, so no one knows how he feels about anything. But he... You do but, occasionally know when he's having a... Yeah, you, we, we know more about that than most <laughs> other parts of his life. Um, and he said he enjoyed about 60% of the race. And you could tell that he was just really annoyed at how much these guys lean on each other and run into one another and bang doors. And even Jordan, who comes from a sports car background where you at least have fenders, you know, and, and maybe you've moved a guy in your career, I don't know. But he was just like, yeah, I had no idea how rough it was, especially on those restarts. And they didn't sound like they really enjoyed it. And frankly, I don't think the cup drivers enjoy that part of it. So I think, I think it, it gets, it would be fun in the beginning, right? In the beginning of the race, or maybe not in the beginning of the race, in the, in the beginning of the experience when it, I almost feel like it's when you go indoor karting with your buddies, right? You're, you're these professional racing drivers that have these cool cars and you can use them kind of to lean on each other, right? You can bump each other out of the way and you really easy to follow and you go side by side and everything that would be cool. But then it would just get really annoying probably, especially when car six, who you hate, right. Interjects himself in some bonehead move and then like screws it all up. And, and I, I wonder how much of it is, is kind of like, the guys enjoy it if they're doing it with their pals, right? But as soon as someone else that's like not... I wonder how clicky it is, I guess, is, is my question. Well, no, I think you enjoy doing it with your pals when there's nothing on the line. I think that's the big difference. I think even if you're doing it with your best friend, if you start using up, you know, a guy for a win, that guy's... I don't care who he is. That guy's going to be pissed off if, if you're being a jerk about it. And it just... Yeah, you got to politely bump and grind your friends is what you're saying. That's you know? basically what I'm getting at. I'm just trying and to look, make it sound as bad as possible. There have been there have been other races where, you know... So, obviously, this kind of comes from short track racing in NASCAR, right? Like, you're, you expect to be moved if you're leading on the last lap of a short track. That's just understood. And, like, mm-hmm. drivers don't even get mad if it's done properly and the guy moves you and you end up finishing second, you're like, yeah, he had to do what he had to do and fair play, great race. You know, I should have been further ahead so he couldn't get to my bumper. And that's a, a kind of cool little gentleman's agreement thing. But even like, there was a there was an interview with uh, Kyle Busch after, what was before Coda? Vegas, maybe? Uh-huh. Atlanta, Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta. Um he made some he made some comment about how there's just there's no respect anymore amongst the drivers group 
right? They don't, they do not respect themselves and each other enough to race the way they used to race. And he referenced, you know, guys like Dale Sr. and Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon and Dale Jarrett. And do you think that's a product of how safe the cars are now? Well, I feel like NASCAR has always been safer than open wheel. And when you look back at like NASCAR 30 years ago versus open wheel 30 years ago, it was still a a good deal safer. Mm. So maybe, I don't know. I think it's just more, it's more an indictment of like the younger generation of society. I think, I think people come in. There's just an entitlement issue. There's a huge entitlement issue. You know, people don't pay their dues anymore. They show up and expect I deserve to win. It's like, no, no. In certain scenarios, you have to earn a little bit of respect from the people you're playing with. And I think that existed in a big way. NASCAR back in the day, and it doesn't now. Daniel Suarez is not cloud with James Hinchcliffe. Daniel Suarez is not that young. Uh, no, no, but he's not and, that old. And well, he's thirty-one. Yeah, okay. So basically, so, I mean, ancient. Relax. Well, he ain't James. Um, so <laughs> what's what? What really frustrates me is like, okay, it's all it's it's NASCAR, right? Like, it's annoying to watch. It's probably annoying to be a part of. But again, this is the product that they encourage. Like, Cup creates this. Yes, they want for sure. So you can't complain too much about it. What I cannot believe people are allowed to get away with is the fact that he on the in lap was pissed off at someone so entering pit lane at coda it's like a 90 degree left it's pretty it's pretty tight he bumped a car out of his out of the way i think it was his teammate i think it was yeah then he just moved out of the way which is like okay that's a dick move like that for me like that's already like crossing the line and then goes up, and as they're in pit lane with human beings, team members, marshals, VIPs, whoever, whoever media right, are kind of walking around, he's literally just running into the back of the car in front of him that he's pissed off with. And it's like, dude, yeah, here we are again, yet another example of a guy in cup using his car as a weapon. And it's just and like, what? How is this okay? It's it's not Alex. It no, just, I know. It flat it's, out isn't, and it's insane. It's insane. I mean, I don't know if there. I haven't seen or read of any any repercussions from that. I mean, it's not even. It's not. It's not talked about. So, like, whether there was a fine or not, whatever. But like, like, it should be discussed, and it should be like this. Should be made a big deal. Like, this is that's a problem. Contact after the flag. Look, I mean, I I don't think it should exist, but I get that in NASCAR they like. They like bigging up that drama a little bit and whatever, and so bumping a guy or well, dooring him a little bit when your racing product is as boring as it is. <laughs> so, you know, I get like I think if you spin anybody out or do like significant damage to somebody's car after a checker, it should be an instant ban for a race. Any contact in pit lane should be an instant ban for a race for that exact reason, right? There are exposed human beings down there, and guess what, bud? I don't care how bad your day was or what William Byron did to piss you off, your life's pretty good. And you're getting that worked up and risking other people's health and safety and well-being because you're a little brat. And I I'm, I think it's just, it's it's that kind of behavior. I think that, that Kyle's probably talking about. Like back in the day, they'd park their cars calmly, get out of them, and then kick the out of each other. That's cool. Yeah. That's totally fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> you know, like I, I support hockey, the only sport that like encourages fighting in play. Like it's an insane thing that it still happens, but I get it. It's just part of the sport. What they're doing now is just, it's so dumb. 
and I, I'm I'm frustrated that that drivers get away with that kind of behavior. So is there is there going to be any sort of reckoning? Do you think, or is this just what it is going forward? So I'm googling it. NASCAR is looking at at what they're doing, um, and it looks like it's going to be a fine. But what's hilarious is it seems that like I, I'm just actually reading about this now. He thought that Alex Bowman was the one that dumped him. It turns out I don't think it was. So so he, he was he was pumping the wrong car. He moved his teammate and then hit a car in pit lane that actually wasn't the guy that took him out. So hilarious. That is the most NASCAR thing I've ever yeah, seen yeah. or heard. Okay. I, tried, I honestly I tried to watch the race. I like I put it on at the start. And just seeing those cars going around Coda, it looked like they were crawling. It just, they look so slow there. I, I just, I mean, they are. I couldn't, Very I couldn't, slow. I couldn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. It reminded me of in tech or in Phoenix before you guys stopped going there. Mario was doing the two seater and the, the person on the PA, it wasn't even like a race day. I think it was Qual's day, but Mario's doing the two seater. They said, Mario Andretti just passed the NASCAR track record. yeah no problem man um so yeah so and all that it was it was so fun to watch a bunch of a bunch of road course ringers go in and huge props to jordan taylor for the effort that he had all weekend and um glad kimmy and jensen and connor did it hope they had fun um and hope they do it again speaking of things that are insanely nascar what did you did you this is going back a week but somebody brought it up on twitter and i had forgot about it and i want to talk to you guys about it um did you see anything about that xfinity guy that was told to park his car and he parked on the start finish line yeah <laughs> what do we think about that <laughs> <laughs> all right so 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 the background you know i think he maybe got involved in some kind of tussle his car was a little bit damaged so he wasn't necessarily up to speed or something like that but nascar if you're not carrying a certain pace nascar can ask you to park the car on safety grounds or whatever i think they can do that in indycar too right yeah yeah for sure i've i've been parked for that (laughs) yeah and uh and so he was very frustrated small team independent program like you know they're they're being on track for their sponsors is very important to that program continuing and he was very frustrated so rather than what you traditionally do when you're parked, which is pull into your pit box or straight to the garage. He stopped his car and parked it on the start and finish line and got out, walked across the tri-oval into pit lane. Uh, and I mean, I imagine immediately into the NASCAR hauler for a reprimand, but what, what do you, what do you, how do you, how do you process that scenario? I feel, I feel like there was, there was more to the story because I, I, I and I don't recall the exact specifics, but like, yes. I remember reading it and being like, I agree with that. So like there was something, there was something that happened from the officiating standpoint where it was like pretty outlandish that that was his penalty. Right. And it was like the a team, a, a bad judgment call kind of thing. Right. It wasn't like team, a black and white. Exactly. The team, the spotter, the crew chief, everyone was like, you know what? This is bullshit. Do whatever you want. And so that was his solution. <laughs> and I think that that's just hilarious because, again, he's frustrated. He feels like he's been wronged, doesn't use his car as a weapon, just makes a kind of a statement. So here and you go. He makes, a, he makes a harmless statement. And uh, I think he got banned. I think, he had, I think he's got a, 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 a couple insane. race suspension if it's more than one. So wait, so the person who moved somebody over that's, and then hit them in pit lane right. didn't get a suspension. This is what I was getting to, yes. Wow. <laughs> so... 
disobey the rules, you'll get the, you know, the ruler on the back of the wrist. But as long as it's, you know, just good old fashioned. As long as, you, as, long as you're not embarrassing the officials. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. But uh, but you know what? That guy got his sponsors a whole lot more coverage than they would have if he had been running around in 32nd place, four laps down. So, I mean, maybe it was actually pretty smart. I just love the video of him. Like, he's just smiling. Like, he <laughs> he doesn't give two f- Robin <laughs> Robin Miller used to always always say this quote to me, and I and I forget whose quote it was. One of the one of like the you know IndyCar old boys from back in like one of the legends from back in the day. I forget which one it was. You know his affinity for that era of of the sport, and uh, and the line was something like if you can't win, be dynamic or something like that. And I feel like <laughs> that was the encapsulation of that, you know, like he knew he wasn't, he was out of the race, but Hey, let's go out in a way that's going to make everybody talk about him. And that's what he did. And here we are talking about him. And here we are doing just that. Even a week later, we had another race, a very controversial <laughs> race in a lot of ways. And we're still, we still went back to talk about it because we missed it last week. So yeah, I mean, credit to him, I guess, in a sense. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right. So we have Texas Motor Speedway coming up, finally back racing with IndyCar. Man, it takes a while, doesn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, look here, th- there's been a lot of fans that have reached out on Twitter and, and voiced their opinions on this whole thing. We get it. Everybody gets it. IndyCar is not just like intentionally blindly making a four week gap in the calendar. There is a lot that goes into organizing these calendars um and it's not always as simple as just rearranging a race here or there to fill that gap so indycar definitely hears you all they don't want to be down that long you don't want them to be down that long 
I do believe in the future we'll fix it. We'll find uh, another race venue that fits in with that timeline, and and hopefully we can have the the schedule a little more packed in there. Look at James taking the corporate line. <laughs> well, no, but it's true. Like, <laughs> look, I, I'm I'm as frustrated as everybody else that we haven't been racing for the last three weeks. But I also I'm know. Right. I mean, let's. I, here, here's the thing, James. You're right. You're 100 percent right. And I would be way less. <laughs> No, I would be like I'm just waiting for the butt. No, yeah, there's gonna I be would, a big butt here. I would be way less frustrated if we hadn't just come off a six month off season. So it, I, I understand that, it, but that's not the that's that's irrelevant, right? It's, like um quite frankly, it's not. I well, it is though. If 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 St. Pete had a weekend where that I mean, you're you're shutting down the streets of St. Petersburg. That is not something you can just do on a whim. That right. takes great planning. The city's yeah. got to be behind it. I'm sure they were given a weekend. It's been roughly that time for 12 years, whatever we've been going there. Sure. So that's that weekend. Fine. Mm-hmm. The next race, <clears throat> for whatever reason, whether it's a broadcasting thing, whether it's a event space thing, whatever. There was a reason why we couldn't just go to Texas two weeks later. I don't know what that reason is, but I promise you there's a reason. It's not just like, oh, April 4th sounds good. Let's throw a dart at the board. Oh, there you go. Let's just go that weekend. There's clearly factors beyond our knowledge that affect this. So I hear you. It sucks that we go from six months off, one race, four weeks off, but there's a reason for it. And hopefully that reason gets rectified in the future because we all just want to go racing and we're going to get to go do that. What uh, what do you think of Texas in general? Don't mess with it. It's, uh, <laughs> he was what taking. Is it? That's what is it? What is it? The the big Haas TV, the largest. Yeah, uh, big Haas LED TV on Earth. It's like a football um, field size television on the back straight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's what you think of Texas. Good. Mm. Yeah. Texas is neat. Um, no, here's the thing, guys. I, I've, I've had a love-hate relationship with Texas. Um, you know, I had a couple years there where I was, I finished second and third. Um, was in contention to win. Didn't, didn't quite have it at the end. Fine. And then I've had three years and four races of not doing it. So I don't really... I don't have much of a an opinion on Texas because the last time that I finished a race there, I finished third, but that was in 2019. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, All right. So also, the for- last time the last time I've gotten to you know lap, I think ten was 2019. Right. So right. <clears throat> I remember you got caught up in the start line crash at in 20. What well, was the last year? Was a mechanical problem. Last year was a mechanical problem. Oh, uh, nine or something. Yeah, a fire melted the the electronics. Yeah. Twenty one. There was a big start line crash that you just got yeah. hooked by someone, got caught in that. Yeah. Twenty twenty. We had two races, I believe. We did. We did have two races because right. that was that was the first race back no. from COVID. Twenty twenty one. We had two. Nope. Be twenty twenty. It was, it was the first race of the 2020 season was a doubleheader at Texas. Mm. Um, there was also a start line crash. Nope. Nope. 
20, dude, yep. 2020 was just one. Really? Yeah. Oh, we did two in 21? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess 21 was still a weird so season. 20, so 2020, I um, didn't take the green because the car wouldn't start. Right. 2021, I got caught in the start line crash. And I, yep. you're right. I did do one race of those two. races. Right. Yes. No, I didn't. I did. I did race one, not race two. Okay. All right. My bad. So it was, yes, yes. That, yeah, that makes sense. The crash was race two. I remember that. Yeah. Now. So I did the Genesis 300, not the Expel 375. I don't know right. where these distances or numbers come from, considering they're the same amount of laps, but neither here nor there. Um, um, well, no, those, those ones were actually different laps, but it's 375. Yeah. It's, it's the same for him. <laughs> oh, he actually actually did one of them. Uh, but your team this year is usually pretty quick there. They were on pole last year. Pato's won there in the past with Felix. Pato's won there in the past. So that's got to be mildly, you know, encouraging for you going there. They were the same like James, but nice try. In um, 2021? Were they? 248 laps each. But so they had just, different we're numbers. Just throwing out numbers. Yep. <clears throat> Love it. Big fan of it. I think we that doesn't sound right. I could have sworn one was like 20 laps longer. Different length every year, and they announce it <laughs> 10 minutes before green flag. And I mean, still, still call it the Indy 500. <laughs> yeah, which is, it's got to right. be 500 something. It's right. you know, it's <laughs> yeah, that'd be I'd be fine with that. <laughs> 500 miles, 500 kilometers, 500, 500 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> five hundred hours. I don't know. Just make it so a, it make was it, it was three hundred miles, which is I guess three hundred seventy five k. Oh yeah, okay. That doesn't sound right. No, but no. So they came up with something. I don't know where the three seventy five came from, but it was three hundred miles, which is where the Genesis three hundred came from. Right. They certainly didn't add seventy five miles. I can tell you that much for free. I can't wait for the Indy five hundred with five hundred cars. Or <laughs> lap shootout, <laughs> or just make it 500 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I already said that. It'd be 12 oh, laps, right? Right. 12 right. and a half laps. Um, okay, so yes, the the team's been phenomenal there um, in the past. You know, their oval package is 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 I think really second to none. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Scott Dixon's kind of the king of Texas. Yeah. He's won it a bunch. He's the king of a lot of retracts. Um, <laughs> Joseph's been incredibly strong there as of late. Scott McLaughlin, obviously, last year, you know, there's plenty to talk about there. I think this year will be a little bit, a little bit different. I'm looking forward to it because IndyCar has taken our suggestions and our advice um, and added a pretty significant chunk of downforce um, for the race. That being said. It's still Texas. It's still the middle of the day. I don't. I haven't really looked at the weather forecast, but if it's hot, it's not really going to do a whole lot. But if it's in the low seventies, that could be a pretty a pretty awesome race because we saw last year. You know, two lanes were working. Um, the pass for the win came on the last corner of the last lap in lane two on the outside. Yeah. Right. So I think that we're 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 trending in a direction that we're going to get Texas back to directionally correct. Close to what it was, you know. I, I I don't think you'll ever be able to overcome the kind of re-profiling of Turn One, um, but IndyCar and Firestone and Delara and the teams and everyone are really trying their absolute best to make this race one that is enjoyable to a watch and be participated. 
Well, I got good news for you, bud. Um, it's a somewhat cloudy day in Texas on Sunday. There is a chance of rain, which is not great. Uh, luckily, we have an early start time. But because of the cloud cover, the projected start time temperature ambient for um, as if yes, yeah, as for green flag, but according to Apple weather or whatever, yeah. 66 degrees and cloudy. All right. When now, does the rain come? The rain comes <laughs> as of today. So the so green flag is at uh eleven forty-five local, I think. Yeah. This is projecting rain at one thirty. Oh, good. Well, at least we'll get the whole race. Like, I don't trust I don't trust a forecast. Oh no, sorry. Sorry, that's one thirty Eastern. So at twelve thirty. So <laughs> He'll have 45 minutes of racing and then it'll I don't, I don't trust any forecast. Can't wait to leave and come back in August. <laughs> A second time for everything. Okay. Well, we did not have any Ask Alex's at the start of this show because nobody's emailed us in the last week, which, by the way, send us in some. So I put out to Twitter and I asked for a couple or for people to send their Ask Alex's right now while we're recording. Uh, so I got two quick ones for us this week. Um, the first, let's keep it anonymous. Uh, this is from Devlin D that might give it away. It's from D D Francesco. Um, he says, Alexander Rossi flat in Texas on lap one. Well, yeah, dude, you got to send it. <laughs> okay. That was obviously just getting that one out of the way. The other one, uh, if from Derek Luber, if you could only travel time travel once, would you go forward or backward in time? Ooh, backwards. Oh, man. That's a good backwards? one. Yeah, you yeah. go backwards because then you could play the stock market and just be really rich. I, I, I wasn't even thinking of that. Oh. I mean, I'm super, here's the thing. How, okay, how far back would you go? Oh, like like far back. Like like medieval pi- times. Like Well, like Pirates of the Caribbean era. Like I don't know, man. Haven't, haven't really discovered America a yet. A lot for somebody. For, like, I don't want to be before antibiotics. You know? Like I, I feel like, but dude, you can time travel. So if you get sick, you can go you forward can and get I- once. It said you can time travel once. Would you go oh. back or forward? I mean, let's it'd be back. super fascinating to go. So okay, let's go. Like so, let's call it. Let's call it three hundred years. Right? You could exactly. either go three hundred years back or three hundred years forward. Both of those are weirdly fascinating to me. I would definitely go forward. Forward is cool because you don't know what it is. Backward is cool because like you've heard what it's like, but like you kind of really want to see what it's like. And then again, you could also, I mean, you're not playing the stock market 300 years ago, but there might be ways. I don't know. There's not really a lot of things you can take advantage of. Tulips. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Invest in salt. You know, people are going to really like putting it on food. I feel like Alex would go back to 1969 just to see if we really landed on the moon. Well, no, <laughs> because go I'd forward have to. three years and be living on the moon. <laughs> hmm. No, um, I, I would go back to like borderline to like the beginning, like pre-advent of the car. Like mode of transportation is right. horse, buggy, and ship. And why? I just I I I don't know. I feel like he's not a big car guy. I feel like life has an entirely new meaning when there's essentially nothing to do other than 
survive day to day and go about your business. Like there's no, there's no distractions. There's no BS. Right. So I don't know. It just seems like a pretty yeah, I guess, visceral like, experience. Right. If of like you what humanity is. Deadly diarrhea sounds like a you. bit of a, <laughs> yeah. a bit of a distraction. <laughs> yeah, man. I kind of love indoor plumbing. <laughs> oh Hope you don't like those me. light switches. <laughs> No, here's the thing. Honestly, like serious, serious now. Like if this is serious and you can only go one direction. Yeah, you're basically just, you have to live there. Yeah, I would go back to like 1980 because the 90s were cool and you could make a butt ton of money and did, then do it. Then you don't have to care. Then you don't have any distractions. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah, you can live however you want. Like at the end of Hot Tub Time Machine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except he was spending too much time at the Lugal headquarters. Um, but no, like, because the 90s were awesome. The early 2000s, I have great memories of. I would love to experience them as like a proper adult with absolutely no cares in the world because I bought Apple at, you know, four cents a share. My family's still there. You know, like I get to relive some of the cool sports moments that I like know knew existed, but wasn't like really cognizant. I want to see the Blue Jays win two World Series back to back as a grown up. You don't Basically, care that much about baseball. You want to biff tan in it. You want to you want to get the sports almanac, go back and make some money. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. But like, then you could help so many people. You could help, you know, you could really start trying to like let people know that global warming is a thing a little sooner than they you did. You could finally buy that saved house. That you I have think we've known about it for a while. No, I know. It's pretty depressing that we still did so little. Sorry, we could buy what, Alex? That saved house on Zillow. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but I would just make it way cooler. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. all right, so it sounds like you're you're set for 1980s. Alex is going back to go die. I'm a, I'm I'm 18th century for sure. <laughs> all right. I'm definitely going forward. I want to see where we go on things. Uh all right, if you could bring one thing with you, what would you Hold bring? on. Hold on. One thing. One thing about going forward though. How far forward are you thinking here? I don't know. I'd say a hundred years. Okay. It won't be here. What if we're not here? <laughs> Thank you. What if we're yeah, underwater, like, another pandemic wipes us out, hit by a meteor. You don't know what the future holds. I know 1980 happened. We're pretty good at surviving stuff. I think in some capacity we'll be here. Yeah, but wouldn't it be hilarious if it was like post-apocalyptic and everything was just awful? It was like worse than when than Alex in the 1800s. <laughs> For the record, for you, the right mo the right answer was I'd go back to the 31st of December 2000, whatever Hazel was born, and just get to live your life with her again. But whatever, going forward when she's dead, that's cool too. I mean, I'd take her with me. So that's well, the one thing you'd bring with you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question, though. What would you take with you? Antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> just like all of them uh, a Honda 5000 watt generator and a 45 gallon drum of fuel um, alright James I guess you're the, the last one what are you bringing back to 1980 a MacBook so you can like yeah. trade stocks quicker than everyone no, else an, an iPhone so I could be like look what's coming by Apple well, you wouldn't right. be able to connect anything. I know but like this is the future as long as I had enough charge to get through like one pitch meeting <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what I bring back. That's a tough one. But this is a good question. Uh, who who asked the question, or was this just you asked the question? Who asked the question? Uh, Derek Luber. All right. Well, that's a that's a good that's a good thinking question. Um, 
I like when we get into philosophical debates. I'm still floored that you'd go back to the 1800s. I mean, I'm also curious, but then I want to come back. Yeah. But I would mean, you, what would you do? The life expectancy was so short that like, you're not going to be there that long. It's true. Uh, I mean, what would your profession be back then? Would, would like You said pirate. Is that what you're going for? No, no like blacksmith. So weirdly, that's what I was thinking to other other jobs. I don't even I know. Kind of <laughs> yeah, I just thought he'd be a pirate. <laughs> I, I mean, I was thinking like blacksmith or lumberjack. I mean, I, yeah. would, I mean, I, I don't know if pirates a profession, but like, it might be a fun pastime. It's a way of life. It's yeah. uh, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Right. 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 Um, he loves yeah. No, I just, I just think, I don't know, like. And, and it may it may be, it may be my Hollywood perception of it, like of what a actual aristocratic government is like, and I don't know. I just I, it seems fascinating. So, like, do you want to be royalty in the eighteen hundreds? Is that what no, you're kind of aiming for? I don't, I, dude. Blacksmith. No, no, I know. I was just, but you, then you said, okay, I want to um, be like upper middle class. Okay, like I don't want to be stressed. I have terrible news wanna, about how things used to work. <laughs> that wasn't a thing that existed before unions. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I want to I want to have like family money but not be royalty because that's too much attention. Okay. And I want to I want to be a blacksmith cuz it it looks fun to play with. You want to be like the metal. Rockefeller of the 1800s. Interesting. Yep. All right. We'll build some All right. Build well, some stuff. I think that the takeaway here is all of us would die. James, yeah, I you think might make it. <laughs> like, I, who knows? Yeah. Well, Tim would be the last human on Earth, so <laughs> we always kind of knew that was how it was going to end. <laughs> Speaking of how things are going to end, how yeah. are we going to wrap up this show that's gotten so grossly one. off track? This has been a weird one. <laughs> well, I think we end with uh, very happy to be back racing in the IndyCar series. This Sunday, uh, noon Eastern on Big NBC, all, all practices and qualifying on Peacock. James we didn't will even be talk there. About, we didn't even talk about the Highline practice and that whole thing, do we? Well, yeah. we, we, I don't we'll think we should, we should hold our judgment until yeah. we see what happens. I like that. I like that. So us- if you want to hear us judge, tune in next week. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Finn. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gratadmissions.